Welcome to Effortless Swimming, the podcast for swimmers, triathletes, and coaches. Join Australian swim coach Brenton Ford as he reveals the latest techniques and information to improve your swimming. Let's dive right in. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming podcast. Thanks for joining me. Today's episode features one of Australia's most well-known and most well-liked swimmers. He's been around the sport for a number of years and he's recently made a comeback in an effort to qualify for the London 2012 Olympic Games. He's won multiple, re- multiple medals at the World Championships and Olympic Games and he's also a former world record holder of the 100 freestyle. We're of course talking about Michael Klim. I've managed to pry Michael away from his training and his business and his family for an interview where I asked him to share an insight into some of the things that he's learned with his training and his racing and his preparation and share an insight into what motivated him to make a comeback from the sport after he retired four years ago. Mike is also very successful outside the pool where he started his own business, Milk Skincare, and he gives us an insight into how that started, how it's going at the moment, and how he manages to juggle that with the family and kids and full-time training. So he gives us a good insight into uh, time management if you are training at an elite level. So let's cut straight to the interview with Michael Klim. So how did you get started as a swimmer? You've, you've obviously been to uh, multiple Olympics and World Championships and Commonwealth Games. So where did it all start? Well, look, I'm, <laughs> my, uh, my journey in swimming has actually started at a pretty random, well, I wouldn't say random, quite an unusual place because I actually grew up as a kid in, in India. I spent about five years in India living with my family there. I was from between the, the age of two and sort of five and a half and, and six. So I was, um, I learned to swim when I lived in India for all places. So my, my parents used to go to work and or my dad used to drop us off at the, at the like a country club where we used to pretty much spend all day swimming until he, uh, he'd come and pick us up. So um, that's how I that's why I learned to swim. But um, And yeah, being Eastern European descent, my parents are Polish. I grew up there. Uh, you know, I spent the early few years of my career learning to swim or squad training in Poland. Then we moved to Germany. So I continued it there. And then when I was uh, 11, we came to Australia and I pretty much joined the local uh, swimming club at the time was the Mel Vick Center Swimming Club at the uh, at Batman Avenue, the old swimming pool there that doesn't exist anymore. It's Fed Square, but um, that's how kind of my transition happened. But yeah, so like I learned to swim in a in a place that's probably not renowned for the swimmers. No, not not too much, um, and not not so much cricket anymore at the moment either. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, and and so you had a lot of success in your career and you retired in 2007 and you decided to get back into it uh, in 2011. So what was it that motivated you to get back into the sport? Look, there's a few uh, few motivating factors for me to come back into the sport. I um, The way I sort of finished up, I, I wasn't all, I mean, I wasn't happy with the way things finished up from a number of reasons. One, I was really sort of, I had a quite, quite a number of injuries that were sort of reoccurring and were sort of holding me back in terms of Wanting, I always, you know, I always strive for fairly sort of high results and good times, and you know, I wanted to compete against the best, and and I was getting to a level where I just wasn't wasn't competitive enough, even nationally. So um, I decided, and and there was a lot, you know, that was sort of the fact that I was injured, I was missing out on meets and teams. I sort of felt like uh, 
it was making me a very sort of, uh, well, I was quite bitter and frustrated with the situation and, and yeah, I wasn't doing myself any favors so I, I decided just to call it quits at the time and, um, but it's funny how, you know, a few years off from the sport and, you know, starting my other career and just sort of um, my approach to to the sport has changed a little bit and probably my expectations are different, um, you know, really enjoying it and uh, this whole journey and I guess the challenge is even greater now for me to try and re reach that highest level but probably my expectations aren't. So, you know, I don't, uh, you know, if, if I... I kind of feel like even if I go through this journey and I, you know, maybe don't make it to the Olympic Games or if I, um, you know, I'm already sort of exceeding my expectations by, you know, getting to a competitive level nationally. So, um, yeah, so there's obviously um, doing for different reasons, having different expectations. For me, I've always been a very active sort of person. So if when I didn't swim, I uh, used to run and cycle a fair bit. Uh, and, you know, my, my kids haven't really seen me swim or train properly so I wanted to sort of uh, lead by example and, and show them what sort of dedication is required to reach that level of sport so um, yeah so there was that and um, and obviously the lure of, of a London Games you know I think it's going to be a very memorable Olympic Games purely from the I guess from the tradition of, of the UK and of having you know them having had the Games before but I think this is a new era of the Olympic Games and I think it's going to be a a pretty sensational Olympics. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty special Olympics. Just, um, just talking to people in the swimming community, everyone's really excited about it. Even people who, you know, a lot of people are getting back into the sport and wanting to even just qualify to go to the Olympic trials because mm. it's just um, there's a lot of um, a lot of excitement about this year. I think so. It's going to be a great Olympic trials and a great Olympic Games. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think you know, obviously, the the, the fact that we we are finally have changed uh, the venue for the Olympic trials we you know obviously uh, you know, the nationals being in Sydney for so long and uh, I think the fact that they're now in Adelaide will add, add a little bit of um, you know I think it's a good change and a bit of excitement to it as well the atmosphere will be I think will be probably a little bit better um, just because the pool is a little bit tighter the, the you know the audience will be right on top of you so um, yeah so it's I think the Olympic Olympic trials always carry some sort of, uh, you know, it's a different level of pressure. You know, it's not not a Pan Pacific trials, not a Com Games trials. It's really, you know, there's a lot more at stake. So I think um, this one, you know, people are really sort of starting to get excited. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really good. And with uh, when you had your shoulder and your your back trouble, what what kind of rehabilitation have you done now to be able to get to yourself to a point where you can train full time again? It's funny you should ask me that because I haven't really had to do too much rehab or um, this time around. I don't know. I was speaking to my physio this morning about it, and we were, you know, trying to work out why this preparation. I've been fairly injury free. You know, I've had maybe one or two flare ups with my shoulder, where you know a little bit of rest and you know just um, uh, just modifying some of my sessions, and I kind of got back into it. And I think there's a few few factors. I think I'm. Um, you know, obviously gave gave my body a good rest and my tendons good rest over the you know three or four years that I didn't swim. I think that the training is a lot different now. So for me, I'm not I'm swimming at the most thirty kilometers a week, which I actually don't even count. I have you know the eight sessions that I want to do, and each session I have a goal that I want to achieve, and 
what volume I swim in that session is is irrelevant. So um, it's not volume focused my program, and it's all very. We call it instead of rehab, we call it prehab. So a lot of it is all preventional sort of uh, exercises and strength, and you know making sure I have enough bulk in certain areas of my body that prevents you know either shoulder instability or whatever. So it's really um, about you know, uh, I get training a little bit smarter than, you know, than, than harder. Yeah. And and what kind of weight training are you doing for the hundred freestyle? Cause that's your main focus at the moment. So what sort of stuff are you focusing on in the gym? Well, look, our, um, our training sort of, uh, it, it varies a while. There's probably three components to it where we, we work on, on the start and the turns. So that's, uh, you know, explosiveness off the blocks and the walls. So, um, right now we, you know, actually uh, we're doing some really sort of heavy squats to explosive jumps to, you know, deep squats, that sort of thing. So really trying to get the power and the explosiveness so we can get off the wall and the blocks quickly. We do a lot of core, so um, not just core stability but core strength and core power because a lot of people tend to make the mistake and just do endurance exercises for your core. but just as any other muscle, it needs to be powerful and explosive. And then we do some other ones that are more maybe stroke specific. So, uh, you know, for example, the catch or the, the you know, first uh, phase of the, of the pull through where we really load it up with, um, you know, with, with heavy weights and we do two or three sort of reps of that. So we obviously different periods of the preparation, we work on different reps and, and loads. But um, right now we're most of it is a combination of a little bit of strength, so six reps down to about two. So it's quite quite heavy loading, and um, uh, yeah, we get enough strength endurance from what we do in the pool. So it's uh, that's yeah, and then we do some also traditional sort of uh, Olympic lifting. So we do deadlifts and cleans and and those sort of things as well. So it's quite a uh, quite a complex program. So it's, you know when we were really hammering it in the gym we're doing sort of five gym sessions a week where three of them were were strength and power and two of them were core so quite um but now we've pulled it right back to two uh, to three sorry in the lead up to trials mm. oh that's that's yeah good to know and i think with sprinting it's it's important to have a solid weight training program to to help you with it because with speed you need that kind of power and strength to be able to get through the water so quickly so yeah i mean the the I think this new mentality, I mean, even, you know, I think swimmers have become a lot more in tune with, you know, what they need and, um, you know, the force application, um, it, it's not about how strong you are really because you need to be able to do, apply that force really quickly and be efficient at it. So, um, so I think, yeah, I, I think swimmers are realizing there is a lot more to, there's no point just going in and doing as many chin-ups as you can. It's got to be more specific than that, so I th- but I think you know people are a lot more clued on now. Yeah, definitely. And you have your own skincare business, Milk, and that's obviously uh, that obviously take a lot of lot of time. Have you had to take a step back from that to fit in your training? Look, it definitely takes a lot of um, well, it's taken a lot of my time in the lead up. We've we've had we've you know we had the range for about three years now, a bit over three years, and. Um, it's been going quite well. We've just uh, we keep sort of expanding. We have a, a baby range as well. We're expanding the men's products. We just started some baby apparel, so it's been uh, quite exciting too. So um, 
look, I'm definitely still involved on a daily basis. There's probably, uh, um, you know, probably a little bit more top line nowadays. So I don't sort of, uh, not from, uh, you know, in the when I wasn't swimming or even up to a couple of months ago, I was, you know, a, across everything. But now I'm very fortunate that I've built a really good team around me that, um, you know, everyone knows their roles and, you know, I sort of definitely am involved but um, probably at a more uh, top line sort of level. And, um, yeah, so it's look, we're, we're pretty excited that, you know, we've got a product that's in all the majors in Australia with Coles and Woolworths and Meyer and, you know, a lot of pharmacies and we're exporting to places like Sephora and Boots in the UK. And um, so we've had a really good uptake and um, we just got to try and make it um, make it stick and make sure we keep innovative with new products and, and understanding our customers. And, you know, the dynamics are always changing and the drivers are changing why people buy products and you know it's a, the, the loyalty factor is always there so you have to produce something that is good and functional so people um you know they they need they need to f- almost fall in love with the product straight away so they repurchase it again mm. and did it start out with making skincare products for, for swimmers for the sort of harsh conditions of chlorine and being around a pool all day yeah pretty much i mean that was the um initially that was uh um, the inspiration for me, but I obviously had to make it more appealing to the to the broader sort of community. And but I think you know Australia's got a very um, harsh climate. So with the you know on the day like today, where it's thirty four degrees, and you know uh, if you go for a swim in in the, your local pool or even at the beach, you know you're going to you need a good moisturizer with an SPF. You need some sunscreen. You need a good body wash to get either the chlorine or the salt off you and um, you know, even with my face wash and scrub, we, you know, it's not too regimented. It's more of a relaxed approach to skincare. But um, you know, I think naturally, uh, you know, men and and women look after their skin, or they know they have to. So it's just um, you know, making products uh, functional and and you know, affordable as well. So now, definitely, the swimming was an inspiration. But um, you know, I grew up always. Well, as swimmers, you know, we, we've always tried different products, different um, washes and oils and what have you to, to make sure that we can cover that chlorine smell. But uh, <laughs> when, I, when I got married, I tend to sort of uh, used to steal all the products from my wife, but that sort of, uh, I wasn't too popular in that. <laughs> so I had to my own. Yeah, I can relate to the smelling like chlorine. I think that was my reputation on the school bus for many years. Yeah, especially when it gets hot and you've been for a swim in the morning, it starts to uh, permeate through everything. So it, uh, it's yeah, it's a, it's funny when you're a swimmer, you don't realise you smell like a pool, but um, but every becomes a normal, doesn't it? Yeah, everyone else does. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. And uh, and what about what about racing? What what are the things that you focus on in a race? Is it is it technique or pacing or your competitors? What sort of things do you focus on? Um. Look, I think when it comes to to racing, I think it's um, uh, well for me the key has been to always be clear minded. So, um, you know, the the le- the less I have in my mind or the less things I have to focus on, normally the better I perform. So, uh, for example, you know, I'd I'd have um, I try to be quite jovial and relaxed, and you know, really only focus in the last sort of you know probably only when we march out but even then I try and sort of really enjoy the atmosphere and um, you know probably from when the point that you introduced to when you actually um, you know uh, get up on the blocks that's where you 
where we sort of switch on. It's all all the rehearsal stuff really has to be done in in the training pool. So, um, you know, for us, when when I race, I have probably three or four different cues that I try and focus on. So for me, you know, it's that breakout stroke that sets up the first sort of 20 meters of my race. So trying not to overswim that first 20 to 30. Um, then you know, of the getting into a good rhythm and sort of building into the wall. That's another cue. Um, and I try, you know, I use my underwater as a sort of, um, you know, as a sort of almost a breather from that and trying to set up for a, for another breakout and, and then attacking the wall. And, um, so there aren't, it really comes down to effort and, and just, and control. So it's not, uh, I think too many people try to have too many sort of things that they think about because it happens so quickly in 48, 49 seconds you can't really focus on too many things unless you've you've practiced them in training. Yeah, that's training's where you've got to get it right and then it, it should just sort of come together in the race. I think so. Yeah, no, definitely. And um and with goal setting, is that part of your program? Do you set goals six months out, twelve months out, or do you sit down with your coach? How do you go about setting your goals? Look, it's this time around, you know, um, I don't have any goals as such in terms of place where I'm going to place in the race or what I'm going to achieve. I we when we sat down for this comeback journey, so to speak, I um you know obviously looked at a, a the time that I'd like to achieve and you know build we build a race model around that. So from you know we're quite uh, these days through the VIS and you know some of the support through Australian Swimming and all the coaches there are computer programs that can. You know, you type in a certain time, or you type in your best dive, your best turn, uh, you know, your best lead out fifty, your best back end, or whatever, and then it kind of can produce a bit of a goal time for you. So, um, yeah, so I did that, and and from there, we, you know, we 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 knew exactly what my best start had to be, what stroke rates, what stroke length. So, um, so those are the type of goals that I work towards. Not really the type of goals that. Um, you know where I'm going to finish because those sort of things are out of my control. So yeah, it's a little bit more uh, scientific these days, and and it's good to you know we can really work on those small increments that um you know that are really measurable rather than just than than the outcome. Mm. And do you think do you think you'll have your kids? Would you like your kids to be swimmers? Do you think it's a sport that you'd like them to get into, or you just sort of let it happen? Look, I'll definitely let it happen. I can already see that, um, you know, they're quite competitive, uh, you know, as most kids are, but, uh, and they like the water. But I think there's, um, you know, I, I, you know, my daughter, she's quite, uh, she likes dancing and singing as most sort of six-year-olds do. But, and they, they both know how to swim and water safety is a big thing in their house. Um, but I guess going that next step, um, you know, it's going to be quite interesting. But I'll definitely give them the opportunity. But I think to be a swimmer, uh, to be a successful one as well, I think you need a certain type of temperament. And I think, you know, obviously the, the dedication and the persistence. So um, I'm not quite sure. It's a bit early to tell if they've got that as yet. So, But um, as, you know, from your physical development, I think swimming is a great sport because, you know, obviously from a um, – endurance point of view from musculoskeletal they develop really well and um they have good good sort of underlying fitness as a, as teenagers so um yeah i'll definitely give them the opportunity and if they go on then um 
you know, they can. But I'm not sure if I'm all that keen on getting up at 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock in the morning with him, seeing that I've done it for so many years. Yeah, that's right. It's almost more of a commitment for parents sometimes than, than the swimmers just because, you know, they've got to work, but they've still got to get up early and do all the driving around. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing. People forget that, um, you know, in, in sport generally, there's more than just one person that's involved. You know, there is, uh, there's, you know, for me right now, even though this is a, you know, people sort of hear about how I'm going and whatever, there is a pretty big team that's involved and um, a team that I put together from my, you know, physiotherapist in, in Helen Walker to a sports psychologist and Lisa Stevens to my train and then to my coach. Rowan Taylor, my trainer, Jeremy Oliver, you know, my physiologist and Danielle Stefano from the VIS, you know, to my masseur in Christine. I've got, you know, people that really support me on a daily basis, my wife, um, my family. So there is there is more than than people realize. So and and not you know, I definitely could not have done it without um, you know, my family sort of support because, uh, and especially my wife, because it's, it's probably the most, um, stress that we've been under for a while. <laughs> I can imagine you're, you're very busy with everything that's going on. And, um, although swimming is an individual sport, it's, it's a team sport in, in terms of putting your team together for, you know, we, as you said, your physio and your masseuse and your coach and everything. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it and more than, than a lot of people see, I think. Yeah, no, definitely, and it's you know like it's it's definitely doable and and it's enjoyable, but yeah, there is uh, there's more there is a lot of pieces to the puzzle, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Well, uh, thank you, thank you so much for being on the call with me today, and and I wish you all the best for for March for the trials. Thanks, um, mate. And after that, so if people <laughs> want to get in touch with you or find out more about milk how can they do that they can just jump online and go to our website which is milkskincare.com um or they can even follow us on facebook and twitter um yes yeah, so we'll, we'll have continually continual sort of um specials and sales and new launches so um you know if they register with us we'll keep them up to date with with new things that are happening but um yeah definitely check it out sounds good well thanks again mike i appreciate no it and all the thanks, best man. cheers buddy Mike talked about training smarter where he doesn't need to do the long kilometers anymore. That He's done those when he was younger and now with his comeback, he's all about training smarter. So he doesn't count the kilometers that he does. He goes to the number of sessions that he needs to and it's all about doing the right things in each session. So working on quality work, on speed, on technique, on stroke count and efficiency and all the things that are specific to what he's training for, which is the 100 freestyle. He also mentioned that he does a lot of explosive exercises in the gym where he replicates his start, his turn and his kicks off the wall so that each time he's, he needs to go off the wall or off the start, he's got the power and the speed there to be able to do it as quickly as possible. And one of the most important things that I think Mike mentioned was building a great team around you because when he's up on the blocks and he's racing, it's only him that you see. But what you don't see is his support crew in the background from his physio to his masseuse to his coach, to his family, to his sports psychologist and nutritionist. He's got this big team around him who are experts in their field and he's able to draw on their expertise and that allows him to focus on what he needs to focus on and then he can just take their advice on their specific field. So it's really important to have a great team around you that you, that you trust and that can help you get to where you want to get to. 
So that's the end of the sixth episode of the Effortless Swimming Podcast. Thanks very much for joining me. Look forward to seeing you next episode. Thanks for joining us on the Effortless Swimming Podcast. To get transcriptions, bonus videos, and to be the first to hear about new episodes, go to swimmingpodcast.com. 